Welcome to The Dig on the Huskers Radio Network podcast, powered by Emeritus, featuring Nebraska volleyball assistant coach Jalen Reyes. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back into another episode of The Dig. I'm Jessica Cootie, and hey, would you look at that? Two more wins to talk about as the Huskers now 21-0, and we welcome back Jalen Reyes. It's been a, a minute since you've been on the podcast. It has. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the, before we went to Purdue. Yeah, we had to work in Jordan a couple times. Yeah, she was, I wonder why. She missed the first few weeks, and then we had to get her, her in, but we're glad to have you back. Congratulations. Overall, how'd you feel about the weekend? Well, two wins you take. Um, I thought we actually did a lot of really good things um, playing Maryland and Rutgers. We uh, kind of held them to a pretty good hitting percentage in terms of defensively. Allie Batenhorst had a really, really nice weekend offensively, especially Saturday night. And uh, yeah, Merritt Beeson was great both nights. And I thought Bergen Riley set really well. Um, we got to play some people. Maggie Mendelson got a start on Saturday, which is awesome just because we feel like all three of our middles can contribute. Um, and it was really good to get her in the game Saturday and, yeah, and uh, I mean, it also, no one got hurt, and, you know, we're kind of looking forward to this weekend playing Penn State. You know, coming off such an emotional win over Wisconsin, and if, you can talk about this in any sport, right? If you play a rival or you, you knock off a big win, and, and it's just there's so much hype and emphasis put on it, a lot of times you can have a letdown. Uh, did you feel that at all? Did you guys feel that as a coaching staff at all, or did you feel like they responded pretty well throughout the week? I actually thought they responded really well. Um, with how last week went in terms of once both teams, Wisconsin and us, won on a Wednesday, there was already a lot of hype going in. Obviously, once we both won and it's going to be number one, number two, going in undefeated, there was like an astronomical amount of hype going in. Yeah. And the crazy part is, is the game, I think, even exceeded the hype. Yeah. You know, you kind of hope it lives up to it. And that's why I remember even a lot of listening to – some members of the media talking about, oh, I hope it lives up to this hype, this hype, this hype. And uh, I mean, obviously, we, you know, I'm on the winning side, so maybe that's why I feel like it exceeded it. But in terms of just um, how close of a volleyball game and how dramatic of a volleyball game and, of course, the dramatic ending, um, I think it exceeded it. So just kind of going into last week, you know, I think there was a little bit of there could be a little bit of, uh, I guess, an emotional letdown. We gave a Monday off just to kind of, get their feet back on the ground and we got back in the gym on Tuesday and I thought actually we put in a great week of practice kind of working on some stuff that maybe we weren't as good at or just things we're trying to just get better at as we kind of head into the second half of the Big Ten season and um, yeah I thought we did a lot of really good things over the weekend and yeah sure there's all you know in volleyball game you can, there's always in any sport there's always things you can get better at um, but I thought all in all we did a really really good job this weekend and um, the girls I thought really combated what could have been a really tough week. I thought they actually used those five or six days to get actually better than where we were from last Saturday. That's awesome. One of the big topics, whether it be on Coach's show, throughout the broadcast, is the serving. How did you guys feel the serving was over the weekend? We, we still miss too many serves, in my opinion. And the reason we miss too many serves, uh, not the reason, but the reason I feel that way is we're really good blocking in defense, so it kind of takes some opportunities away there. The one thing, though, is the fact that I think our girls know we're, good, we're a pretty good side-out team. So it's kind of, since I've been here, this is the best offensive and side-out team we've had. Um, so I feel like, I don't know if it's in the back of their mind, but they kind of like, oh, like we can go for it a little more just because we can lean. 
lean back on it. But I think, yeah, we, we got to get better there for sure. And I think there's some times where, you know, you're trying to serve aggressively. You're going to miss serves. I still feel like we, we miss a little bit too much, but um, trying to find a way of like, is there ways we can think about it differently than just in good serve out bad serve, you know, and try to, there's a little more layers to it than just in and out, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So um, without getting into the nuts and bolts of it, we're trying, you know, we're working on mechanics with different servers, working on mindset stuff, working on maybe strategically, is there times where we can look to attack a little more? And there's there times where we can look to do, um, I guess, play it safer, if that makes sense. And I don't know if there's any golf fans out here, but it'd be like more of, hey, there's certain holes. Let's just hit the middle of the green. Yeah. You know, play it safer. And then there's some times where it's like, hey, we got to go for it. So I, I use an example. Um, and I was actually, and I'm going back to the Wisconsin match, but, you know, Harper, I think even if she were here, I would tell her, like, she wasn't playing her best match. She would sit here and probably agree with me. But I thought one of the biggest things she did, I know everyone talks about what she did in the fifth set, killing balls. But in the fourth set, in the fifth set, she went back there and you would think, you know, hey, probably the most pressure she's ever played in, biggest match of her for sure, a college career, maybe even in her life. So early on, she wasn't serving great. And you would think the most pressure packed where we're about to lose in set four, and obviously in the fifth set, it could go anyway. She goes back there and serves great. You know, so trying to find and harness, like, where did she go to in that time and kind of harness that and try to, like, can we have that spill over into more matches? And, you know, we could say the same about a lot of them. But all in all, are we missing too many serves right now? I would probably say yes. My boss would definitely say yes. But... (laughs) Um, yeah, we're, we're still getting better. And part of it is, is, you know, we don't necessarily want to peak right now, you know, and now can we get better? Um, and better might mean missing less or might be, Hey, the ones we're serving in, can we serve tougher? So I think it's, there's a little more layers to it than just to the naked eye of in good out bad. Right. Right. We love golf analogies too. That helps for sure. You had said too about this is the best, one of the best side out teams since you've been here, probably the best. What What do you mean by that? Why is that? Why is this team one of the best, the best? A lot of reasons. I think, uh, I mean, Bergen Riley is, uh, I mean, I know she's a freshman and I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming people have talked about her a lot and I know she's kind of gaining some national attention all over the place. Uh, I just think she has just such a good feel of when to set people and different tempos. Like you can probably like, you know, to people that watch the games uh, organically, she'll just set Harper faster in certain situations. And uh, I don't know, it's probably something they've talked about, but it's not like, okay, Hey, we're, you got to set this player, this ball. And then you got to set the player, this ball and this player, this ball. It's just, she has just such a good feel and she, she makes really, really good choices. We spent a lot of time working on offense. I think since January, that was kind of a big focus for us is to kill more volleyballs. Um, you know, it helps that we have kind of three older experienced pin hitters. You know, I know Lindsay's hurt right now, but Lindsay was having a great season up to when she got injured a couple of weeks ago. And Allie's been playing great. And Merritt Beeson coming in with a ton of experience from another school helps. And then, you know, Harper's, Harper's pretty elite when it comes to her kind of you know, being in her, being a freshman, being able to attack at that level. Uh, Andy Jackson has provided a lot of, especially excitement, I guess, especially behind the setter, which is great. And, um, you know, it starts with passing too. So, you know, having Lexi, in my opinion, is the best player in the country. And um, Harper Murray's getting better passing. I think it's a, it's not a one thing fix. Mm-hmm. I think it's, we've made an emphasis on that. And then we have the athletes to execute and we have a, a quarterback or a setter that's doing a really nice job of, 
kind of delivering the ball. And then, you know, we have some smalls, Lexi and Laney and um, Allie and, you know, Allie, Lindsay, Merritt and Harper that are doing a good job passing and getting Bergen in some really good, oppor- you know, some really good spots to, um, you know, set a lot of volleyballs. So. You know, you had mentioned Allie Batenhorst and then in the broadcast, um, especially on Saturday night, uh, Lauren said that Allie's one of the best blockers on the team and, and then Coach followed up in his post game that Allie Batenhorst is one of the best left side blockers in the country. And we dove into blocking a, a few weeks ago, but what is it about Allie that sets her apart that makes her so good in that area? I think eye work, she's pretty good when she's dialed in. Her eye work is really good and getting her eyes on the setter um setters have a tendency of hey when they get past in certain areas they're going to set the ball here so you kind of have an idea of you know it's kind of like uh hey when they show this formation in football they tend to like to throw the ball here so going into it that's nice to know as a blocker in terms of oh okay this is the situation where they like to set this girl and then understanding, okay, this girl has a tendency of where she likes to hit the ball, so I'm looking for that. Um, fundamentally, she's pretty good in terms of how she opens her hips and crosses over and uses her arms to jump. And it's nice when you're 6'4 and long. That's also really, really nice. Um, and then I think there's a little bit of she has really good feel of where to put her hands. And blocking is, if I were to dumb it down, it's just getting your hands over the net where the ball's going to cross the net. And she has a good feel for that. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our girls do Becca, Alec, I think is probably the best in terms of a middle blocker doing that. Um, so Allie does a lot of really, really good things. Well, coach and coach Kelly and Jordan have done a really good job kind of helping her with that. I assist a little bit if I'm being honest. Um, but you know, I, I just think she does a lot of things well that leads up to being a good blocker. It's not just, Oh, she's tall, you know, cause there's a lot of tall people in the country that aren't great blockers. And there's some smaller players that are really good blockers because they do all these things really well. So um, I think that there's a lot of kind of has to do with Allie does a lot of those things I mentioned really well. That leads up to her being able to affect the other team. Another another player you mentioned was Maggie Mendelson. She got an opportunity and and coach bragged on her too, said that she had a great week of practice too. How have you seen her come along? I mean, I think people probably forget too. She should be a freshman this year, right? And, And she played two sports, but how have you feel like she's progressed especially here in her second year right it's she's actually a sophomore but she's actually the youngest girl on the team because she should be a freshman this year so i asked about this and she corrected me she's the second second youngest andy is the youngest that's right andy she beats out andy by like a month i think i think it's like two weeks yeah so (laughs) no maggie's maggie's been doing great and we're trying to just again like a lot of it is just fundamentals, right? And we're just trying to clean up everybody's fundamentals in terms of passing or blocking or attacking footwork stuff. And she's, she's really, and I could say this about a lot of our girls, but Maggie, I work with closely. Um, in the age of, I don't get to play right away. I take my ball and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, She's come in every single day looking to get better, whether she's is going to start a match or she's not going to start, you know? And I mean, that like, it's just, that's like so invaluable these days where, and I like, like she'd probably be like, Jay Ray, don't thank me for that because that's like my job. But like nowadays it's really easy for, you see it all over the place of kids when they don't get to play, they kind of just check out and stuff like that. And Maggie's like done the opposite where it's like, 
what can I do to play? What do I need to do? You know, and it's just like, it's like contagious in our team. And the fact that she's like that pushes Becca and she pushes Andy. And it's like, they're all so complimentary of each other too. And they all like want what's best for each other. So it's like a really cool room to be a part of. Um, and just like her, her coming to work each and every day and like really focusing on the things that she needs to get better at, not necessarily tying it to how many starts do I have? Cause she's, she has a few starts already too, you know, and stuff like that. And, um, but just, she's been doing great. She's getting better offensively. She's already a pretty good blocker. Um, we're working on some stuff, blocking a back set right now that, um, her and Andy have to kind of get better at, um, if, you know, if you want to get into the, the nuts and bolts of it, um, we feel like we were ironing out her slide or her back, uh, her behind the setter attack. Um, she actually had some nice slide kills over the weekend. So I just feel like it's like things are starting to click mm-hmm. with her and like what she's doing is like, it's insane. Yeah. Like <laughs> playing two sports at a high level um, and like playing two sports at a high level at two pretty good programs and also like doing it where last year she was, a 17-year-old teammates with a 24-year-old that was playing in her position. And she's playing against, you know, with COVID rules, like 23, 24-year-olds last year. So, yeah. like, you know, like, in terms of, you know, she could, you know, you could say, oh, she's at a disadvantage. Like, she doesn't even look at it that way. It's just, like, what do I need to do to get, get better? And I don't know. That mindset for me, it's, like, I'm happy, like, she's here. And, like, in my opinion, that should be rewarded, you know? And, uh I don't know. I think the world would be a better place if everyone had that mindset, you know, so. Yeah, and you can tell, too, she's really well-liked by the basketball team, too. So oh, I yeah. think she does it both places, which, oh, yeah. which also speaks to I know she was at Hoops yesterday. I saw they got a win yesterday, and um, I know she, I was kind of razzing her. Like, you should just, like, dress and kind of just <laughs> work your way next to Amy and see if she, you I don't know. I don't know if my boss would like that, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I mean, I think it's really cool. I know, like, our girls in general, our team and their team are super close. Yeah. Um, Some of them live together. They live together. Um, obviously, it helps that you have one player that's on both teams. But, I mean, I almost feel like I'm I'm good friends with a lot of the basketball players just because of, the you know, just the closeness and the staves when we recruited Maggie. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the kind of the start, the start of their season, too. If you were going to play two sports with volleyball, could you have, would you have, what sport would it have been? Golf. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I love golf. I don't know if I can. You're not very good though, right? No, I'm not very good. <laughs> not very good at all. But uh, I think I just say, I don't know. I, I love, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in Hawaii. So I used to surf a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I started, once I went to the beach, instead of going out in the water, I stayed on the beach and played beach volleyball just because I fell in love with volleyball. And my dad was a volleyball coach. So it wasn't that hard for me to like volleyball, but um it would be like one of those like obscure sports. I feel like, I mean, I love watching basketball, but my dream of going to the NBA died a long time ago, <laughs> you know? So that's why I found volleyball at a younger age. But, um, yeah, I mean, anyone that kind of knows me now is if I, uh, if I have uh, any free time, I'm trying to go hit some golf balls. I know the weather outside right now. It's not that, um, a couple weekends I'll, ago, it was perfect. Yeah. In fact, I played last after, after we, uh, one of my buddies here in Lincoln, his, his wife just kind of became one of the GMs down at, uh, Beatrice country club. So literally play Wisconsin at night, went down there. And, um, the cool part about small town, Nebraska is when you go down there, especially after a big win, you're kind of treated like a hero. (laughs) And I just showed up thinking I'd just go hit the ball, hit, try to not hit the ball in the water. And 
everyone wants to talk about volleyball and everyone's just so excited about volleyball and football and um I don't know it's just it's a really cool place and you know I mean just Nebraska in general is, is awesome and but yeah it's uh golf would be the move if I could play two sports but I'm definitely not as elite <laughs> as Maggie is at volleyball and basketball my I was okay at volleyball and I'm not so okay at golf and, and I'm totally okay with that <laughs> I love it I love it um, back to volleyball when, you know, we've had a couple people come on and I've asked keys for the next week. And a lot of times they'll say, we've got to get the middles involved. Why is that? Why is that so important for this team? It, uh, one, getting the middles involved means we're passing good because you can't get them involved if you don't pass the ball good. And it, it just, it, um, when you can set the ball to the middle, um, and I think when we say middle, it's not just necessarily to the middle blockers. It's to like our big attack, which Merritt and Harper hit out of the back row down the middle of the court. It just holds people in general. Volleyball becomes good pass set middle medium pass. So slightly more off the net and then a bad pass you set to the pin. But if you can set the middle from that medium pass, it makes your outsides better because they necessarily can't, they can't just go to you. So I'll use an example. Everyone remembers the net call from 10 days ago now. One of the big reasons there was a net is because it was a good pass. They served Lexi. Lexi passed it good. And Andy Jackson kind of made a last-minute like move to go and hit down the middle of the court. And she ran right in front of their middle blocker. The middle blocker gets stuck on that just a little bit, which creates the seam for Harper. And while that seam is created, that middle knows that, so she's trying to close the seam. And to a degree, you can make an argument, she netted because of the stress Andy put on her. Hmm. And the stress is there because of there's a threat that Nebraska will set that, yeah. if that makes sense. So we talk about offense. Offense necessarily isn't just pass, set, do you kill that ball? It's pass, set, and do previous things you do, routes you run, the, your effectiveness to set the ball down the middle of the court, does that hold those two pin blockers in instead of just going out and being great on Merritt on the right or Harper or Lindsay or Hayden or Alley on the left? Being able to set that ball, does it keep people in the middle so that way, hey, Harper's hitting only up against only one blocker, not two, or one and a half, not a solid two-man block? So the one of the reasons is we're, that means we're passing well, but I think it's – it just helps set up different things down the road to be able to kill the ball. And obviously, you know, scoring points in the middle is super important and we want them to be efficient. But just like being able to kind of occupy the middle of the court, when teams can do that to us, and we're a pretty elite defensive team, when teams can kill balls down the middle and from the back row down the middle, it makes it really hard to like scheme against them because you want to send blockers out to the right or to the left, but there's always that threat of, Okay, they're doing really well in the middle. Um, and obviously you can try to defend that by serving them off the net. Um, but one of the biggest one of the you know, the biggest reasons is it helps set up things yeah. that everyone knows we're gonna set the ball a lot to Allie. If you just look at attack attempts, right? Allie, Merritt, Harper get the most attack attempts right now. But like the efficient the the efficiency level and how much we can set Becca and Andy in the middle affects those guys' on the pins percentages in terms of they're going to get set a lot and they're going to be really more, really efficient because of the threat of the people inside, if that yeah. makes sense. And oh, volleyball yeah. usually works inside out. Yeah. 
Makes perfect sense. It alleviates the pressure. Yes. It kind of, yeah, makes total sense. Fascinating. Um, one of the stories that was told, I believe it was Friday night, Friday or Saturday, I can't remember, but that Kelly Hunter got a little a little angry and, and yelled at him a little bit. Coach Cook said that uh, she, it was a little scary. Um, so she just doesn't seem like someone that would, she's pretty even killed and chill. And the, even Lauren was like, wait, Kelly? Kelly got on to them? So being that it's Halloween tomorrow, who do you think the team would say would be the scariest to get yelled at by on the on the coaching staff? Because I got to imagine Kelly's got to be pretty scary being that she probably doesn't do it very often. Yeah, that's that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Jordan's new, right? So, you know, they probably haven't experienced that. Kelly got on them in between in between one of the sets this weekend. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they don't take me serious enough, so they're like, all right, whatever, Jalen. So I'm definitely not. I'm definitely, like, fourth, and, like, I missed the podium by a lot. Honestly, Lindsey Peterson. Really? Honestly, I'm – I get – I also get yelled at by coach a lot, so I don't feel – I feel like it just becomes Tuesday to me, you know? But (laughs) I I think Wish, when Wish gets on them, it's like, whoa, you know, because she doesn't do it very often either. I, I would be way more afraid of Wish, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think I would say Coach, just because Coach just has that. You know, he, he you come here to play for him, right? I mean, like I, you know, of course. Hey, we help recruiting. You're gonna if you're a setter, you're gonna play with you're gonna play for Kelly. Outside, you're gonna work with Jordan. But I just feel like he just has the power. You know, he has the – it's not just because he's the head coach. It's just because he's such a – like a figure in the sport too, yeah. right? So there's like a – you know, two degree. I, I'm afraid of coach, you know, <laughs> two degree. So I think there's a – you know, I, I would say coach. But it's it's close. Let's just say Jalen's fourth and it's not even <laughs> close. So At least you gave us the last place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. I'm last for sure. <laughs> Well, you know, you. I'm sure, I don't know if you have or not, but have you been a part of teams that have won 21 in a row? I have not. I've been a, bar, a part of a lot of good teams, not 20-something games in a row. I think someone asked me this the other day. I went back my first year coaching at BYU on the men's side. We won 19 games in a row, hmm. which is still really hard. I mean, I think, honestly, I think winning one game in a row is hard <laughs> sometimes, you know. Like winning on Friday is going to be really hard, you know. And uh, But, yeah, no, I haven't been – this level in terms of 21 matches to start a season like this, no. So, I mean, and I know you guys take it one at a time, and I know this team has been very good at that, but at, it, with any sport, with any team, it just, everybody's talking about it, it's, it's mounting. How do, you, how do you manage that? And, and is it something as a player, as a competitor, does it stay in your mind? Is it, is it something you embrace as, as a team? Hey, we want to we wanna win out. We want to win every game. Is it, I guess, how do you, how do you manage that? Because I'm sure... Yeah, you want to win every game, but I'm sure you don't go into every season thinking, oh, we're going to be unbeaten the whole time. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'd i be the first one to tell you, and I guess now it's – I'd probably have a different tone on this, but, like, just going into the year, none of us thought, like, you know, hey, like, we're young, and there's there, – I mean, just not just young. There, there's a lot of really good teams, and we played almost all of them, yeah. you know? Like, maybe minus a team or two, we've played so many great teams this year. If I – if you. If, if I'm being honest, you tell me, like, hey, you're going to be 21-0 back in August, I'd be like, what are you talking about, you know? Uh, that's not even really a goal, right? I mean, at the time, um, you know, and do I want to end up undefeated? Yeah, that'd be great because that means we're winning the next match, you know, and that's kind of what been our focus. 
Honestly, Jess, I didn't even realize we were 21 and 0. I thought we were 20. So I didn't even know the number. So in terms of um, you telling me that, I you know like I think that's kind of where our team is. Is we we don't we're not necessarily trying to like defend something. It's like we're trying to widen the gap, and that's kind of been a theme for us starting since last week of like widening the gap between us and maybe someone in the conference or the rest of the country or um, even with ourselves from where we were last week to this week, you know? So we're not like our mindset isn't to like, okay, we're defending this zero on this board. It's like, what do we need to do to win for, uh, for, you know, for this is what do we need to do to play really well on Friday, you know, and it's going to be a tough, fun environment. Penn state's always really, really fun to play at. And, uh, you know, for us, it's just, Hey, we're focused on getting better this week. And then kind of tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll start focusing on what do we need to do to, you know, to beat Penn state again, which is going to be extremely difficult. And I don't, I feel like, I don't feel like we're carrying this, right. This record with us, you know, or our unbeaten streak. I just feel like it's, Hey, like we're just trying really hard to win like the next game. And then, you know, if we're luckily like whether we do it or not on Friday for us is the focus turns to how do we get better and how do we win on Sunday, you know? And, um, I feel like this team's done really, really well at that. And, um, you know, as a staff, I know that's kind of been our focus. Jordan said that last week, widening the gap. She also said too, I thought this was fascinating that what she's learned about this team and this group, and it's helped her is that they're really competitive and they want to be great and they want to be challenged they also have fun and they, they celebrate the moments along the way. How much is that going to it too for this group that, yeah, they, they want to continue to be, they are so competitive and they want to get better, but they also enjoy the moments too. And that's got to help too, as you approach this game by game kind of mentality, right? For sure. I mean, a lot of it is just every thing. The last time we talked, it was, we talked about, we're going to Purdue, which was like the first Kind of hostile. Hostile. Like Stanford was a big road win, but it wasn't like this hostile environment, you know, like Kansas state was kind of hostile to a degree, but in terms of like hostile big 10 environment, different gym, Penn state's kind of the same Penn state and them are Penn state Purdue are like the different gyms because they're a little bit older. The crowds literally on top of the court, the men's volleyball team will probably be dressed up and standing right on the line where the, where the, a lot of the girls, even during warmups, they'll be there. And it, it's, 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 it's like, to me, it's like what college sports is about, you know? And, uh, but for us, it's like, we have this new group essentially besides a couple of players that played for us last year, everybody else is really playing is different or playing a different position. So just trying to like kind of take it all in and just, uh, it should be fun. You know, it's like, they only get to do this, be 18 to 22 year old once. Like, it should be fun for them. And I know like for us, it's like, we need to win business, business, business. Like this team functions well when they're having fun. And I mean, just not even the wins, but just the environments they've gotten to play in this year. And I mean, obviously the game in here and like for them, it's like, they're going through this, that, you know, like I hope they'll be able to tell like their grandkids about one day in terms of like the stuff they got to experience their freshman year at Nebraska. And hopefully they have more stories as they go forward, I use the freshmen for an example, just because there's a lot of them, but you know, all of them. And I think, yeah, I just think that it's, it should be fun, you know? And I mean, honestly, even, even if we were to lose a game, it should be fun. Like this should be fun. And, um, you know, that's what I want for them. And, you know, hopefully it helps us win some games, you know, and it's, it's doing well so far, but 
Um, they're playing their absolute best when each and every one of them are having fun. And whether maybe they're struggling or not, it's like, are they all in it for the same reasons and they're all in it for each other? And I think they've, when it's come really come kind of boiled down to it in some high pressure situations, that's kind of what they've leaned on is each other. Okay, this weekend at Penn State, you talked a little bit about the environment, but was able to get a sweep. You guys were able to sweep them here. What's the key going and, and getting another win on Friday and then turning around on Sunday and playing Rutgers, <laughs> a team you just yeah. saw again? I think one, just forgetting about what we did here against them. I mean, sure, tactically, there's going to be some things we do differently, but they've changed some stuff. We've changed some stuff. Um, I'm sure both teams will kind of dive into what happened here in Lincoln a couple weeks ago. Um, but for us, is just like understanding that, hey, Nebraska-Penn State is like the headliner. Every year, it's usually like a headliner of the season. You know, you ask anybody, top matches going into the year, it always involves a Penn State-Nebraska match. So like this is one of the reasons you come here to Nebraska is to play against that program. Um, so I, I think key was just can we – we did a really good job, I thought, handling some of the, the offensive stuff that they can do very well. Um, I bet if you ask their staff, they probably say they didn't they didn't play as well as they wanted to, and they didn't get off to the start they wanted to. Um, so just kind of channeling like, hey, can we try to take away some of the stuff they want to do? Can we serve tough enough? I thought that's something we did okay. We did a pretty good job at last time we played them, and then just avoiding avoiding the big run. They went on that big run in the beginning of the second set. They kind of got out to a nice lead. We ended up coming back. But just, you know, when you do that on the, when you do it at home, it's easier to come back. You do it on the road, you know, that, that crowd can get on top of you. I mean, it's, I mean, on top of you from both sides. I mean, there's going to be Penn State fans sitting on the bench side. I mean, it's, it's a really, really cool environment. And I bet it's going to be, I bet everyone's going to be wearing white, you know, and uh, I mean, and they're just a really talented volleyball team and they have some really, really experienced players that have played in the Big Ten, whether it's been at Penn State or some other schools and, um, you know, they, I mean, they have for sure, I'd bet a couple all Americans probably this year. So just being able to handle those guys and remembering what we did to be successful, but understanding that this game on Friday has no memory about what happened here in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's going to be any hangover effect for them. I know they're going to come out. Um, you know, they, they, they've dropped a couple of matches the last couple of games they played. So I know they're going to come out and, you know, they're probably feeling the same way about, about us is hey, you go to Penn State to play against Nebraska, and no matter what's happened before, that doesn't matter. It just matters what happens. I think it's I think the game starts at 7 on Friday. So it just for us, it's like just purely focusing on that and getting better and then turning around and playing Rutgers and having to travel up there. And, you know, hey, same thing. There's going to be some stuff that we did well here that they're going to try to take away and vice versa. And, you know, there's going to be some things that we, we felt like we left some points on the table Saturday night. So can we can we get a little bit better there? But understanding that, Sunday's game has no memory of what happened last Saturday's game. That's why you play it, right? And um, just kind of figuring out, okay, how can we get better? And, um, you know, just actually at the end of the day, hey, both games are equally as important to us. And it's not Penn State's more important than Rutgers or vice versa. And just taking it one game at a time. And, um, you know, hopefully we have some easy travel. I know sometimes when you get to this year, what East Coast can get a little dicey when it comes to travel. So hopefully um, everything goes smoother too. All right, toughest question for last, best Halloween candy. When you were going trick-or-treating, what was the, the number one get in the Halloween basket? It's, uh, it's the purple bag of Skittles. <laughs> and if you want to debate that with me in terms of the bag color, it's not a debate. So, 
you know, it's, you can get at me on social media or text me, but <laughs> it's not really even a debate. It's the purple bag of Skittles. And, uh, my friends closest to me know that. So it's by far purple bag of Skittles. If I had to pick a second place, I don't discriminate to a degree. The yellow, the, the red bag of Skittles, the original bag of Skittles is good. Starburst. I'm a fruity, fruity candy guy. So if it's fruity candy, I honestly stay away from chocolate. It's actually got me out of a lot of trouble when I was a kid when my, my siblings used to eat my parents' chocolate. They knew it wasn't me. So <laughs> uh, I would say fruity candies for sure. Um, I'm a nerd ropes. Yes. We're good too. Yeah. You, that's one. They tried the new nerd like the gummy clusters. Yeah, that's a Kelly Hunter. Kelly Hunter loves the gummy clusters. Here that or she's the light blue bag, by the way. <laughs> um, yes, we've clearly talked about this because if she were here and you asked her the same question about me, she would say the purple bag of Skittles. One, the other reason why the purple bag of Skittles is great <laughs> is typically the little bag of Skittles. They come in like the red bag of Skittles. They're the little bags, you know. Versus when you got the purple ones as a kid, they got you like the big ones, you know. So it's like. <laughs> You don't want to go to those places where they just give you like the little, like who wants a Snickers and have like, like that size Snicker, you know, it's like <laughs> either go big or go home. That's what Kennedy Orr says, you know? So, um, definitely purple bag of Skittles, but I'll do any, honestly, any fruity type of candy, as long as it doesn't have chocolate involved. For the record, it's a big debate here on the Huskers radio network with between Greg and me, lots of people that get involved. Jim, one of our great listeners, sent us some Starburst. You were eating on those. You're, you are Team Starburst. Team Starburst. Yeah, Greg, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, <laughs> I know you're not here to defend yourself, but, yeah, we, we need to talk about that. And, uh, and for the record, just because we talked about it, in, in the original bag, it definitely goes pink, red, orange, and then yellow again. Just like Jalen being scary, yellow is by far fourth place, by far. I'm with you, except I, I do switch yellow and orange. Okay, I like yellow third. Okay. All right. Man, great stuff. Love the – I didn't know that we were going to get into a full-on breakdown of Purple Skittles, Another but I love it. going down the rabbit hole with Jalen Reyes. <laughs> That's what we're going to change it to. That's, that'll be the title next year of this podcast. All right, Jalen, appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks for having me. All right, and again, this has been The Dig, powered by Emeritus. Make sure you subscribe and like wherever you listen to never miss an episode right here on the Huskers Radio Network podcast.